So, uh, first of all, I just want to, before I get into anything, I just want to recognize some people. Um, where's Tiffany and Tyler at? Right there. Look at these guys. Welcome them back. They just got back from their honeymoon and kids camp. Can you guys believe that? Tiffany came back after serving at kids camp and, and led worship on stage for us. Uh, that's awesome. And congrats to you guys. They just got married three weeks ago, was it? Yeah. And it was awesome. They went up to New York for Niagara Falls, and we got to go to their wedding, and it was beautiful. She got like, okay, check this out, okay? They had a door down at the end of the altar, right? It was an outdoor wedding. So the altar was here, and they had the arbor, right, the little thing that you stand under, you know, and the pastor's there. Pastor Kurt did their wedding. And then they had a door on the other end that she would come through when her and her father came down. So I'm sitting there, and I'm going, you can see beyond the door. How is she going to walk up to the door without being seen? So then an epic old car drove up, opened the doors, and she, like, her dress poof, flies out of the car, and she gets out. And it was awesome. It was epic. So congrats to you guys. Did I do a good job telling the story? Awesome. Yeah. It went off really well. They both got married, so, you know, it was a successful day. Um, also, I just want to thank Manny. Where's Manny at? There he is, because he just got back from kids' camp, too, and he was killing it on the keys up here. So thank you, Manny. I just want to just recognize these guys, because they've got to be tired. Like Jake was saying, kids' camp, or junior high camp is a big deal. You get tuckered out. Um, and then still, just on the, on the point of worship, I just wanted to say, I was standing over there during worship, and from at least everyone behind me over there, you guys are all singing louder than they were singing up here. I could hear you guys over them, and that's always a, an awesome experience. So uh, I just want to thank you guys for, for worshiping with us. Um, so this is going to be interesting because I haven't had much time to study this week. I was sick earlier, and I was telling Jake this morning, he was texting me as, it, as on his way back from kids camp. He's like, what are you going to speak on? I said, I'm just going to rip off one of your messages and see if anybody notices. <laughs> He said, but then you got to use sports analogies. So I was going to tell you guys about the time that I had the, the half-court uh, field goal touchdown in the end zone for the home run. And <laughs> it was awesome. You guys should have been there. Uh, so that's my sports analogy for the day. <laughs> uh, silly. And I apologize because I'm probably going to keep coughing throughout the the whole message, and I'm just going to like cover it up and act like I'm dapping. <laughs> I need to pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, God, we just... God, we just welcome you here. God, we thank you that we get to come and, and worship at your feet. Father, I thank you for each and every individual that's in here, each soul that's in here, each heart mind that's in your God that, that we get to just come into your presence together as a family as your body and I just pray over the service God I just say let every single word I speak be of you God I don't I don't want to share any of my own words God I just want to share your heart here that people could come in here and just encounter Jesus just encounter you face to face God so I thank you for this opportunity of uh, delivering your word, your encouragement. God, and I pray that it's exactly that, your word and your encouragement, God. 
every way. We love you. We praise you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to uh, to share with you guys. Uh, it, I, I wasn't lying, actually. I did most of my prep and study this morning, and it was just it was cool to watch God show up in my, my prep time. I was a little nervous, not to lie. Uh, <laughs> I'd never only prepped for one day before. Um, and, and I'm going through the day, and, and I kind of had an idea of where I was heading. And I made the title slide, and I sent out the first two verses that I was planning on parking in, and then all of a sudden I found a verse that we'll go over later on that legitimately, like, exactly wrapped up everything of my thoughts uh, so well. So I'm, I'm excited to give this to you because I really feel like it's a word from the Lord, and I really feel like uh, there's just a lot of scripture here, even though we're going to park in kind of three verses. But um, if you guys have been here for the last few weeks, Pastor Jake has been going through the story of Saul and Samuel uh, and how Saul was elected king by God and how he kind of fell and, and didn't do things God's way in, in the last message that he gave. And he talked a lot about how Saul, he made a point last week on how Saul had gone through and was actually, the only time he was actually hearing from the Lord was when he was listening to other people. And if you remember, he, he would constantly say, your God, your God. He never really claimed God as his own. He never stepped into that actual one-on-one conversation with God to get God's word for himself. He constantly fed off of other people. And, and that just really sparked something inside of me. And, and Jake and I have had a couple conversations over the last couple of weeks as he was going through the series. And, and I kind of wanted to continue on with that, um, but in a, a little bit of a different way. I want to kind of talk about the, the other side. I want to talk about someone who did it well and who actually stepped into the presence of the Lord. And, uh, and it's just really cool. This is one of my, my favorite stories and one of my favorite, uh, I won't say characters, but persons of the Bible. And to kind of set up, we're going to be in Exodus for the first part of this, and to set up uh, the story here real quick is Moses was up on Mount Sinai. He was talking to the Lord, and he was getting uh, promises and getting uh, instructions to build this tabernacle for the Lord. And while Moses was up there, he had just rescued uh, the Israelites from Egypt, they were on their way to the promised land. They had their outlook on the promised land. So Moses is up here talking to the Lord. Israel is down here, and they get anxious. And Israel goes, they say to Aaron, who Aaron uh, is a leader as well, they say to Aaron, they go, we don't know what happened to Moses. So we want you to build us a God. So Aaron, in his own humanly knowledge, you know, we talked about human wisdom and human knowledge and our earthly knowledge and how it's different from God's knowledge and his perspective on things. In their own humanly knowledge, they took all their jewelry, they melted it down, all their gold, they made this calf, just made this idol. And Aaron presented it to him and said, here's your God, and Israel looked at it and said, yes, that will go before us into the promised land. So then <clears throat> Moses is up at Mouse and I talking to the Lord, and the Lord gets upset. And uh, we're going to start in Exodus 33, uh, verse 1. Lord said to Moses, leave this place, you and the people you brought out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give to your descendants and, I, and he says, I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, Havites, and Jebusites, and go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. 
But I will not go with you because you are a stick-necked people and I may destroy you on the way. (laughs) That's an encouraging word from the Lord, right? (laughs) This is Old Testament, by the way, okay? We we live in a New Testament now. Um, But but I I think that a lot of this still uh, directly relates to us today. So here, Moses is talking to God, and what God's saying is, your people that you brought out of Egypt, your Israelites, all they want is the land flowing with milk and honey. Go ahead. If that's what you want, you can have it. I'll send an angel ahead of you. He'll clear out the way, and you can go and live in your land. But the key is I'm not going to go with you, he says. You can have the promise, right? I, I made an oath to Abraham and, and Isaac, and you can have the promise if that's what you really want. But if that's what you really want, then I'm not going with you. So Moses goes down and delivers this word to the, the people, and, and they're all terrified, as I would be too if the Lord just told someone that he was going to destroy me because I'm a stiff-necked backslider. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just saying. So after Moses talks to the people, he goes back to the Lord. 33.12, Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said to me, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. And if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Now, this is a bold stance. Moses is talking back to God. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, these aren't, these aren't my people. These are your people. I brought them out of Egypt because you led me to bring them out of Egypt. And you haven't told me who's going with us. (laughs) You better know that you have to be a good friend of God to be able to talk back to him like that, right? (laughs) So the Lord replied and said, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the planet. That's a powerful statement. It says no. No, the promise makes no difference if you're not there. We're not going to go without you because how are people going to know that we're your people if you're not there with us? That's a strong word. The Lord said to Moses, I'll do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you And I know you by name. Another translation says, and I have known you personally. That's that's good. It follows up and goes into some of my favorite scripture of the entire Bible to where Moses petitions God and says, show me your glory. And he, he enters into a relationship that no one up to that point had ever been able to enter into. It's to see God in, in the fullness and, and in a way that it changes his face and he comes down and he has a different appearance uh, that kind of terrifies people. But I just wanted to, to kind of park on this idea. So last time we, we talked about Saul and how Saul got anxious and did the same thing that the Israelites did and started uh, making sacrifices and, and doing things that God didn't ask him to do at that time and and, you know, the Israelites are making a golden calf and they're saying, well, if, if Moses' God isn't going to take us to the promised land, maybe this one will. And I think the, the big thing here is, I just, I, I look at our, our services and I look at our Christian walk these days 
And I like, I'm, I, we are so blessed, all of us, to be in the, this ministry. And I'm so blessed to work with Jake and Tiffany in our office because we constantly have these discussions. So we're guys like, if God doesn't show up in here, what are we doing? If we're, if we're standing here in the front of the stage and we're lifting our hands and uh, we're doing all this stuff and we have great music, but if we do all this, void the presence of the Lord, what are we doing? Luckily, God shows up. Luckily, we have people in here that are, are hungry to encounter God, not just hungry to encounter a great worship set. But it makes, it makes me wonder. How often is it, see what, what the Israelites were doing was they were okay with a secondhand experience with God. They wouldn't go up the mountain and talk to God face to face. They had Moses go up there with, like, and talk to him and then he'd come down and deliver the message and then they'd give him a message. He'd go, and, and it was the secondhand experience to where it's like, no Moses, you go up and talk to, the, talk to God, talk to your God, and then you come back and tell us what he says. That was never the relationship that we were called to enter into. Is this making sense? Because, you know, we can look at it and we could go, oh yeah, you know, we see it from a a bird's eye view here. And we go, what's what's wrong with Israel? You know, like, why wouldn't they want to go up and experience God for themselves? But then again, I can... Not that I would list off anybody, but I, I mean, I know people that that come to church and, and feed off of a second-hand relationship with God through their pastor. Or, or people that won't enter into these scriptures, but will read, you know, Francis Chan, Bill Johnson, and, you know, people that have had encounters with God, and they feed off of that. And as much as this is an Old Testament story, it's also a New Testament truth. Unless we enter into this relationship with Christ the Christian walk means nothing apart from that. How, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the planet except for your presence with us? I, I realize that I, I talk about this a lot. <laughs> Almost every single message that I've given from stage, I constantly talk about getting into the presence of the Lord. Um, and and you know, I was not ashamed of that, but I was kind of trying to go a different route until I read that Paul wrote to the Philippians and said, hey, I'm sorry that I keep saying the same thing over and over, but I don't care. So <laughs> I'm taking that stance. <laughs> I, I just honestly, I, I heard Bill Johnson say one time, he said, um, I, have a, I have one message, but it's 100 hours long. He goes, it depends on which hour you're sitting in on. And I, I honestly feel like that's, that's the truth for, for me. I, I, only, I only have one message to give to you guys. You could talk to anyone I sit down with. I sit down with multiple people on a weekly basis and I start the message off or start the conversation off and end it off every single time of encouraging people to get into the presence of the Lord. Because I, I could stand up here and I could give you all my words of wisdom and all my, and I have a lot, right? I'm just kidding. You guys know, oh, they took the title slide down. Uh, I've thrown these little Easter eggs for you guys. 
They, did they ever put it up? Okay. I put it in our mail. It's like A.W. Tozer and C.S. Lewis. <laughs> Figured I'd start now, and then, you know, eventually, by the time I write my first book, it'll, it'll stick. Um, <laughs> hey, when you create the title slides, you can have as much fun as you want to have. But I just... I don't know, I, I read this and I feel encouraged, one, but I also feel, uh, I just get this like gut check. You know, and I, I just go like, how often am I, am I relying in just falling back on a secondhand experience? You know, we, one of the things that we talk about in our office is we can't gauge the uh, effectiveness of a worship set by the way people are, are interacting up here. Uh, this doesn't mean that we're doing a, a great worship set. This doesn't mean that people are encountering God. People laying out on their face doesn't mean that they're encountering God because that could be just as manufactured as a golden calf. Not that that doesn't happen in true worship. I'm just saying like that can't be our end-all be-all of, oh man, that was, a great, that was a great worship set because everyone in the crowd had their hands raised. That's not what it's about. It's a great worship set when you and you and you and you and you and me get to enter into the presence of the Lord and we get to stand here among our family and be vulnerable in front of the God of the universe. That Jesus came and died on the cross to rend the heavens and bring us into full relationship with God is the greatest mystery on the face of the earth, but it's also the greatest news on the face of the earth. That we don't have to, like Moses, walk up a mountain, I don't really like hiking that much, <laughs> to enter into the presence of the Lord, and I can right here in an instant be connected to the one who created me and created all of you and created everything else. That's exciting. That's what it's all about. That's what coming here is all about. We constantly in our office, we pray. And, and I, I do it with our leaders over when we have our leaders meetings too. And we just pray, man, God, apart from everything else, we just want people to encounter you. Whether we have, you know, great worship music, whether it's a great message, whether... You, Regardless of any of that, regardless of if the sound goes out, if the lights go out, anything else, we just want people to encounter you because that's the thing that's going to transform lives. We, we, we as the church, the institution of church, have stepped into the role of trying to minister people into correction versus trying to minister people into the presence of the Lord. And that was never our job to have. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Our job is to allow you to come in here and go, look at what God has done in our life. And I want to invite you into that. Just feeling good? Good, because I only had one day to study for this. I, I've had, and 
not increasingly lately, but I just feel like I've been more aware of it lately, but I've had these conversations for a long time with a lot of people. And people will come up to me and either, either say it about here or another ministry or something like that, but, but this idea of like, Nick, I just, I just feel like I'm not getting fed there. I just feel like it's too much surface level and just not getting fed. It's a little bit of church lady for you. It's a throw from my mom. She likes the Dana Carvey church lady from SNL. My mom's here, by the way. Can you guys give her a hand? But this whole idea of, I just don't feel like I'm getting fed there. What does that even mean? You don't feel like you're getting fed here? We have a cafe. Three ninety-five for the special tonight. It's delicious. I had it for lunch real good. But I just, I, what is it? It's the uh, pulled barbecue chicken sandwich. Epic. It's got coleslaw on it and a pickle. And this, I, this idea of, I just don't feel like I'm being fed. And I understand, like, there's a certain point to where if you're, if you're new in the Christian walk and you just, like, man, I'm telling you, when I, when I first came into, I remember in middle school, I tried reading through the Bible. And I, like, I, I made it most of the way. I didn't retain any of it. I had no idea what I was reading. I was reading through, and I probably had a King James version too, so that didn't help. <laughs> That's still, I'm still baffled by that one. But like, I understand. So it, if you're stepping in, just stepping into this relationship with Christ, and you know, there, there's definitely a certain point to where, yeah, we're, we're here. We're here to help you walk through this and help you like I said, we're here to usher you into that presence. But if you've been going to church for a long time and, and you're expecting to get fed on Sundays, on Wednesdays, on Thursdays, on whatever day, and you're not going up to the mountain and having that encounter yourself, that's a secondhand experience. And I just don't understand that. That's the whole reason why Jesus came down. It wasn't just to save us from our sin. It was to save us into something. And I've said that probably every single message I've given. To save us into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Into a relationship with God. And I just, this idea of not going deep enough, not going... Just think like, I just get excited. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of shift over to this way. I, I just get excited by the thought of having every single individual in here come into a, a radical encounter with Jesus Christ. Yeah. That excites me. Imagine what Grand Rapids will look like when every single person in here has a regular basis meeting with face to face with God. When we wake up in the morning, we go, Good morning, Papa. I sat down with someone this week and they're, I haven't seen them since uh, the last time I, I spoke and I spoke a lot about dreams and, and desires last time and I talked about how like my, my schedule tends to get pretty filled up and he was asking me, I was like, man, like, like in all that, are you still like, you still praying? 
I, I just said, like, I can't do all that without still praying. Like, I can't go through my life without turning to the Lord on everything. And when I, when I don't, I do stupid stuff. <laughs> it's <laughs> pretty plain and simple. When, when I'm at a, a good point in my life, it's because I'm listening to the Lord. When I'm doing stupid stuff, it's because I'm not. Like, we, we are called to walk forward in the presence of the Lord, and that's how people know that we are His. That's the distinguishing factor between us and every other religion out there is because we can have an encounter and we can, have, we can host the presence of the Lord. It says that Jesus came and tabernacled inside of us. He, 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 we became his dwelling place. We have the Lord with us everywhere we go. And I also, I, I was sitting over here during worship and I, I really felt like I needed to address this. There's some people in here that your relationship with your earthly father has held you back from your relationship with your heavenly father because uh, one, either he was non-existent in your life, and I apologize for that, but God definitely wants to be existent in your life, or two, he didn't give you a time of day anytime you wanted his attention, and I really want to speak to that and say the Lord wants to give you all the attention you want to get from him. He is more eager to encounter you than you are to encounter him. So you shouldn't, be, you shouldn't be terrified of if he'll get mad if you ask for more time with him. No. That's his heart's desire is to be with you, his children, and to have you with him. What's going on here? I just, I really felt like that, like there's, God just wants to break some chains in here. And just some, like, and as I'm talking, like, I, I encourage you, if, if you feel like that might be you, just stop listening to me and take that to the Lord right now and just go, man, God, is, is my relationship with my earthly father blocking me and building walls? Uh, is it Donald Trump in me from experiencing you, right? <laughs> it was a terrible time to make a joke, but it was there. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that was not of the Lord. Um, <laughs> So if that's you, like, honestly, take that to the Lord right now and don't even worry about the, the rest of what I'm about to say. Uh, but then there's kind of going back, and I'm not, I'm not going to beat this subject upside the head, but this idea of being fed and, and, and like, oh, man, we're just not going deep enough is, is another thing that people say to, yeah, we're just, I just feel like we're not going deep enough. The, oftentimes that comes from a place of like, striving to know more. I was talking to, actually I was talking to Jalen today. We were in my office and I, I wasn't planning on adding this into the message today, but then I started talking and I was like, oh man, this is totally going in there. And I, I just, I feel like oftentimes we think that, we think spiritual maturity and maturity as Christians comes with knowing more scripture and understanding more scripture and being theologically sound. But I want to challenge you guys and say that maturity in the kingdom doesn't come from more knowledge, more understanding. It comes from more relationship. It comes from more encounter. And in that encounter, you're going to have the wisdom of, 
understanding and spirit of knowledge and you know all these all these different things that God gives you. You're going to understand Scripture more because now you've had a relationship with the author. But maturity in Christianity always comes from experience. I guarantee you, if you go up and talk to the most mature Christian that you know, guys like Jack Hayford. If you don't know Jack Hayford, he, he planted... Um, King's University down in Texas, and I mean, he's old, and <laughs> that wasn't supposed to be funny, uh, but he's, here's this guy who's had encounter after encounter after encounter after encounter with the Lord, and people turn to him because he has wisdom, and it's not earthly wisdom, it's from the wisdom of the Lord because he's encountered it, and when we encounter God, we walk away with traces of that on us. 2 Corinthians says, 3.18, we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed or transfigured into his image and likeness. That means when we come to him, we worship him, when we have a face-to-face encounter with him, like in a mirror, we get transformed into his image and likeness. That's maturity. When we look more like Christ, and we will only look more like Christ when we get in more of his presence. So this is cool. I, like I said, I was preparing for this and I had already made the, the title slide. I had already named this thing firsthand and I was already moving forward with that and then I came across this scripture and this, this is just so, it like sums up everything so well. So Paul's writing to the Philippians and he says the very credentials these people are waving around, these people meaning the Pharisees, are waving around as something special I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash, along with everything else I used to take credit for. This is Paul, who said that he was at one time the Pharisee of Pharisees, meaning he was a Bible scholar. He knew all the rules. He, he was making sure that people were upholding to the rules. Right? He had all the earthly wisdom about the scriptures. He says, and I'm tearing that stuff up, throwing it out with the trash, along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all these things I once thought were so important are gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand. Everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant, like dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I can embrace Christ and be embraced by him. <laughs> That's good. I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. I'm going to read that one one more time. The very credentials these people are waving around as something special I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me was insignificant. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, 
God's righteousness. I, just, I, I, I think not only, the, not only the ideas of, you know, the knowledge and the wisdom and everything, you know, knowing all the rules of, of Scripture, because, like, that stuff apart from Christ is it's garbage. I've unfortunately seen people use Scripture to abuse people. This book is a book of death apart from the Holy Spirit. This book is, I mean, people have read this book and then said, oh yeah, God wants us to have a crusade and go and kill a bunch of people for his kingdom. Because that sounds like God. Good job, guys. They missed it. Jesus in, in, in scripture walks up to the Pharisees and says, you search these scriptures because in them, you think you have life, but it's they that point to me. He says, it, that's a cool, yeah, that was Jesus' words, not mine. You can clap at that. I just, it, that's some powerful words. And I think it's so quick for us to, I, I was listening to a message uh, this week. And he was talking about the idea that shame he was talking about a, like being in a place of belonging and understanding like that you belong someplace. And they say that one of the biggest things that, that cause people to not feel like they belong is shame. And shame is, is this thing that gets put on yourself. And, and typically what that, that culture honors, that's what the shame attacks in the, the people that don't feel like they can fit in. So in like a group of, of uh, forgive me ladies, in a group of ladies in high school to where beauty is kind of the, the big thing that they, they respect, the girls that feel like, I just can't be as beautiful as they are, get the shame and they don't feel like they can belong. Right? It's reasons why like gangs are so inviting to so many people because they don't feel shame because they look at everyone else and they're like, well, you're broken too, so I, I could go in there. And, and the thing is, in church, one of the big things that happens is the shame of, you know, I just, I, I, I don't know scriptures as well as they do. And I'll be honest with you, like, I have that shame often. I'm, I'm not a Bible scholar by any means. I'm like, to be honest with you, I'm not very qualified to be up here, except for the fact that I've come into an encounter with Jesus Christ, and I like to share that with you. And I just like, I want to talk to you and say, if, if you have that shame and if you, that's not what it's about. Read the scriptures. They're great. But read them to learn about Jesus Christ. Read them to, to have these walk you into the presence of the Lord. Because apart from that, it, it means nothing. Maturity in the kingdom is found in encounter not in knowledge, not in wisdom, not in understanding. It's always encounter. Am I at in time? I just I'm gonna start wrapping up here. So, Christian, if you wanna find the mic for announcements after this. This is the same thing that I encourage every single time. If, if you're in here and you don't feel like 
you've stepped into that encounter. You, you don't feel like you know what that encounter even looks like. Uh, one, I encourage you to talk to someone tonight. If, if you don't feel like you've ever stepped into an encounter with Jesus Christ, oftentimes we... What's happened is the idea of accepting Jesus, you know, praying the prayer, raising the hand, it's a good thing, but we miss the fact that that's not the end-all, be-all goal. That's the beginning of something big. And we expect our life to change. You know, we, we go, oh, I, I received Christ, I took this step, I said that he's my Lord and Savior, and then the next day, I run into the same problems that I had the day before, or I struggle in the same ways that I, I did the day before. And if that decision was, wasn't made with, you know, with an encounter, it's still a good decision, but like, man, let us, let us help you get to that encounter because it's the encounter that is gonna change things in your life. It's gonna start to change you from the inside out and all of a sudden, you're going to start to look more like Christ. And when you look more like Christ, all of a sudden, your, your life starts to fall in with the will of God. So do not leave here today without talking to one of us. We're going to have a prayer team up here afterwards. Find anyone in the access shirt. Talk to Pastor Jake. Talk to find someone. And if, if you found someone that doesn't know how to talk, they'll help you find someone else. We're a family here. We love you guys. But the biggest thing, the, the most important decision that you can make today is to step into the presence of the Lord. Not to live off of a second-hand revelation, but to live off of a first-hand encounter with God. I don't have anything else to say, so I'm just going to pray it out. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you. I thank you for, again, just each and every individual that's in here. God, I pray over all these hearts. I pray over all these souls, God, that, that each person in here today would encounter you, would hear your voice for their life, would hear just your thoughts, your love, just your desires for them. God, we just collectively break the chains of, of just hurts and wounds from past relationships that are, are blocking people from experiencing you. God, we just sever them right now in Jesus' name. And we just open up the floodgates of your love in here, God, that each person could just feel your embrace, God. I just pray just heavenly hugs all over that we can encounter you, Papa. And I pray that, that we just walk in this place every single day. That we don't wait until Thursday, we don't wait until Sunday to encounter you. But God, that we get to walk and we just thank you that we do get to walk in a life of experiencing you constantly throughout our day. Constantly throughout our life. That it's not something that we have to chalk off for a, a 10 minute devotional in the morning. But it's, it's just a lifestyle that we get to walk deeper and deeper into your presence, God. I pray that and I release that into everyone's life here. I would just thank you.
We love you. We praise you. You're awesome. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys.